0: So, a guy and his buddy were out hunting, and they were fairly close to their house. It's, uh, kind of, it's along that line, and then they are looking through their scope, trying to figure out where they wanted to go, thought they saw some deer over, and his buddy looks at him and he goes, Hey, I can see inside your window, and and you're not going to be happy. Uh, I see your wife, and she's cheating on you. And the one hunter looks at him and goes... Uh, she's cheating i have had enough of her go ahead and shoot her in the head and shoot the guy that she's with in the private parts hunter looks back at his buddy and goes well that's easy i can take that out in one shot Woo! bring them out bring them out bring them out, out it's hard
1: to yell when the rails in your mouth Come bring them out bring them out hey! bring em out, bring them out. Yeah! out bring them out bring hey! out hey! Welcome he
0: back, got- everybody, to Center of Attention. Back where it all started, back in the dorm room, midday. Uh, feels like it's been a whirlwind of a week. I had my last broadcast last night for Western, unfortunately. The women's basketball team didn't end up winning and moving on in the tournament, but we did get to broadcast the first student-ran playoff game on KWSB. That was cool. I got recognized at halftime. That was awesome. Uh, Super happy with everything that I've been able to accomplish here at Western, possibly winning the third CBA award in a row, Colorado Broadcasters Association Award. And that's pretty exciting for me. Um, going to wait until today in the radio station staff meeting to see if I actually want it or not. There's a lot of rumors and stuff going around. Um, not rumors, I guess. But why I was told one thing Monday after we got the original results back from the CBAs. And then I was told another thing yesterday um, when I was getting uh, recognized at halftime. It was stated in there. And my comm professor is the one, Terry Schlesman's the one who wrote the script out there. And um, I, I guess he would know better than anybody if I did win a CBA award. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I'll keep you guys updated on that. Hopefully I did win one and then I'd be able to get my award. My senior year, last year broadcasting here, and I'd be able to go get that um, during the awards gala. And I'd get to have some family unfortunately it's not going to be able to be all of them because it's 75 bucks a ticket for the um awards ceremony but i would be able to have my parents who have been with me ever since i started broadcasting and then my grandparents possibly it would just be a cool moment um you know so that's kind of what what i'm thinking of what i'm focused on today well you, you can definitely tell it's getting close to spring break it feels like this week um, I, unfortunately, I am during doing midterms this week. I had a midterm for my advanced cinema studies class that I still I'm about halfway done with. I got to finish that later, and I, I've had to work. Not able to work out today, which I've been going six days a week for the past couple weeks, and it's unfortunate that I can't get out there today. But I figured I'd rather give you guys another podcast. Make sure this thing stays consistent. Make sure we can try and gain some more. Um, listeners and, and people who follow the show So with that being said Remember to follow the Center of Attention Twitter page At Pod 73 All caps um, I post new pictures, videos, behind the scenes stuff From the episodes that we release And um, I also post all the links to the If you want just the anchor link to listen to the podcast I post those all on that Twitter page So once again that's at Pod 73 All caps Go there Follow the Twitter page, um, and if you want, you can tweet at the Twitter page. I run it, so I'll be able to respond back to you. Follow my personal Twitter, at Jimmy Pilato. and then my Instagram is at Proud underscore WAP. Facebook is just Jimmy Pilato. so now that I got all that out of the way. Um, oh, also, if you like Sports Talk Radio and you want uh, to get a taste of what we've been doing out here in Gunnison, um, go to Gunnison Sports Talk Radio SoundCloud. And you can find um, audio highlights from some of the better broadcasts that we've done. You can find all the recordings of our Gunnison Sports Talk radio show. Um, that's on KWSB from 11 to noon, Monday, and, or excuse me, Wednesday, and Fridays. Um, yeah, I think that's all that I have to um, put out there. If you listen to the show and you have something that you want me, if you want to work out like a, another ad or a sponsorship thing, um you can email me at III at gmail.com. Just make sure you put in the subject line that you are inquiring to possibly get an ad done um, for the podcast. We're approaching 400 listens. We're at 395 as I'm recording this. I'm recording this um, Wednesday afternoon, like right after lunch, right in the middle of the day. Like I said, it's been a crazy week. This is the only time that I can figure out when I could have taken the time out of my day to give you guys another podcast. I know we gave you two, we, we gave you about two hours of material last week between the episode um, 12, episode 12, testosterones and Blowies, with Kyle and Dan. Um, a lot of different feedback on that one. People have enjoyed it because it was fairly funny and they could tell that we were being ourselves. Some people didn't enjoy the level that we stooped to, which I understand it's not for everybody, but I did want to... Make sure that I put that out there because I do have this show so I can be a little bit more loose. Show some different sides of my personality. And I don't always want to have to be all buttoned up like I have to be on the radio. Obviously there's things I can't say on there. So that's why I wanted to do that one and released it last weekend. And um, I thought the bonus material, when we were recording it, Dan Kyle, and I couldn't stop laughing. So if you thought that you weren't going to enjoy it, but... Maybe you, you didn't give it a chance, you can go back and listen to that one or all the other previous episodes of Center of Attention on all available platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, um, CastBox also. And um, if you listen on Spotify, go ahead and follow the show and the new episodes will pop up automatically in your feed. Uh, Apple Podcasts will automatically download the, the new episodes to your phone and I'm pretty sure CastBox as well. And breaker, so if you subscribe on those platforms, it will automatically download the newest episode to your phone and um yeah, that's how you can find the show. um gonna just go right into it. It's gonna be a solo podcast today. I feel like I haven't done one of those again in a long time. I say that every time that it's a new solo episode, the last one started off a little bit slower, but I feel like you guys ended up enjoying it so we're we're gonna go right into that, like I said, broadcasting. It's over for me. All the NCAA sports um, that I will cover here at Western that I have been able to cover for the last three years since I started um, way back. I believe my first broadcasts were like January of 2018. Then I took over as the sports director for uh, in October of 2018. So it's been quite a, quite a while. Not quite three years, but basically, it's three seasons, and, um, yeah, it's it's a weird feeling now that I won't have another um, broadcast in the Paul Wright Gym, I won't be signing off for KWSB, I mean, I still have the talk show, obviously, we're going to go with that until probably the week of finals, we'll see what everybody's schedule looks like, we have a five-person team for that show now, so... We'll probably be able to at least get some of us in the studio during finals week. Um, But the live broadcasts were something. It's basically what got me into wanting to be in radio and broadcasting. Not just radio, but TV broadcasting as well. Um, I don't know if I've told this story on this show before, but uh, the earliest memory that I can remember about wanting to be in broadcasting was... Uh, they used to have those VHS videotapes that they released after whichever team won the Super Bowl, it would go over their season. And I would watch and re watch that tape. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised that the film never broke in the VHS tape, but I would watch that over and over again. And it was uh, two plays. The first one was the Elway helicopter play, which, if you're a fan of the Broncos or football in general, it's one of the most iconic plays in NFL history. And Um, Dave Logan really made that. I I feel like even if I wasn't able to see the play, because obviously they have the radio broadcast behind the film on the VHS tape, even if I wasn't able to see that, that would still be one of my favorite radio calls. Um, Just the way that he describes how, uh, you know, Elway's 37 years old and you don't think he wants to win this thing. Um, That was the first play, and then the second one, was on the final play of the Super Bowl when the Broncos' defense holds Brett Favre and the Packers' offense, who were the defending Super Bowl champions, and they hold them out of the end zone at the end of the game. Pass is going to be incomplete. Denver holds. Oh, baby, baby, then you're going to win this thing. Are you kidding me? So uh, that's what originally got me interested in wanting to be in sports broadcasting and I've had a couple of those moments. Um, You can go back through my Twitter and uh, I used to have it used to be my pinned tweet. I have about it's my most um, viewed tweet but the video of last year's wrestling duel, Western versus Adams, the heavyweight match. It was tied going into the heavyweight match. Our heavyweight for Western Sammy D able to get the double underhook and the throw and the pin so they won the a share of the conference title after that and uh, I had the big Sammy D Sammy D moment and the wrestling team still refers to me as the Sammy D guy but um, that was like one of my first moments like that and how I really knew that this was exactly where I wanted to be exactly where I needed to be Um, and then this last season for I guess I'll go back to fall. I did do a couple of the football broadcasts. I got to do my football broadcasting debut. First one was rough. Um, I feel like they're all rough at first because you're trying to emulate your favorites and you end up not sounding natural or it's not something in your voice. And the first one that I did was against Fort Lewis and it was a good game. Western ended up winning. But I just didn't like how I sounded. I felt like I was pretty robotic and it almost seemed like I had everything that I said either planned out or not planned out at all, um, depending on what I decided I wanted to say. So that was kind of where I was after my first football broadcast. second one, unfortunately, was a loss, but I do feel like it was a lot smoother of a broadcast. I felt more natural following the plays in the football game, and um, it's that's the sport that if I had to pick – um, what sport, if I could only do one more for the rest of my broadcasting career, I would prob. excuse me, I would probably pick, it would be between wrestling and football. Um, yeah, those are my two top that I love to broadcast. Basketball has kind of grown on me, and I understand it a lot more. It's still tough for me to just sit down and watch a basketball game, but if I was broadcasting it, it would be a lot of fun to do that as well. Hockey is definitely up there, but football... That's what I originally got into broadcasting, wanting to do. I wasn't able to do it until this past year, um, not being cleared to go back and play. And the radio station, the guy who was doing play-by-play was on the hockey team. So it, uh, it turned out that he wasn't able to do a couple of the games. I was able to step in, fill in as the sports director. I felt like that was my responsibility. Plus, it gave me an excuse to go back through and look up all the stats for the different teams. And the second game, the New Mexico Highlands game, which... I believe those highlights are on the Gunnison Sports Talk Radio SoundCloud page. Plus, that could be one of the that could be the broadcast that won us the CBA award. Um, that's one of the ones that we submitted this past season. That one is probably my favorite broadcast that I've done just because it was so smooth. It was football, football's obviously my favorite sport. Um, and that was really cool. And then this basketball season. You know, last year was rough. The women's team was good, not as good as they were this past or, or they they weren't going back to last season. Wow! Like I said, I haven't done a solo one of these in a while. I'm used to having somebody to bounce back off of. Um, gotta take my sweatshirt off as it was getting a little stifling in the dorm room. Still running the heat, even though it's about forty degrees during the day. Here in Gunnison, the. I um, completely lost my train of thought. <clears throat> oh, the, the last. Going back to last season, the women's basketball team was good, not as good as they were this year, not great. And the men's team had a 26 game losing streak. So, unfortunately, the guy who got me into broadcasting, Christian Saez, is a, a huge Western supporter. And I uh, gave him a shout out last night. He said that he was listening to the playoff game. And. You know, it was, it was rough for him because he didn't have a great senior year of broadcasting, didn't have a lot of wins that he could broadcast, um, ended up with a lot more drama on the teams than um, anybody would have liked. So he didn't get the greatest senior year of broadcasting. This year coming in, I was not sure what to expect. The women's team thought that we, they would be good, about the same as they were last year. I thought they would make the tournament, the postseason tournament, but I wasn't quite sure if they were going to host a playoff game and uh, they ended up exceeding all expectations, got the two seed in the tournament, got upset. It happens. They were young. They're only losing two players, so that'll be good for them. And then the men's team this year, it was up and down in the first semester during last winter. They had that huge win against Metro State, which is their first win over Mm -hmm. the Roadrunners since, I think, like 2011 or something like that. And we submitted that one as well. I'm almost positive that's the broadcast that won the CBA award because it was a buzzer-beater putback that ended up giving me another one of those great broadcasting moments. So uh, the last semester with the basketball team, you know, the men's team was good and bad. And uh, turned out going into January they weren't going to lose, either women's or men's, weren't going to lose another home series. I think we had four or five sweeps of each weekend, which both men and women's won both their games, Friday and Saturday nights, because the RMAC plays a lot of back-to-backs. And that was great. I I couldn't be more fortunate and more proud of the teams, especially the women's team, because I came in when I first started broadcasting. Um, if they kept the game within 20, that was, that was good. That was something that they could be proud of. And now they finished the year... 20-7, which is their best record, I think, in, in program history, had the highest winning streak of their program history, ended the season with seven straight wins, so they didn't lose for about two months almost, and uh, Coach Wessling uh, has been great, uh, interviewed her on Gunnison Sports Talk Radio, that interview is also on the SoundCloud page, I don't know how many times I'm going to shameless, shamelessly plug the SoundCloud page, but... Um, I guess that's what you have to do to make sure you build up an audience. Um, and she's been great. They, uh, ended up recognizing me last night at halftime for the, it was my 50th broadcast for Western and I didn't think, I didn't want it to be my last broadcast, but I also didn't want to push that off. I I didn't want to push off asking until possibly Friday, which would have been the next game that we broadcasted. I wanted to be sure, um and it might, it might seem selfish. Some people might not have liked that I asked for the recognition, but I felt like with the amount of work that I've done and the fact that I didn't get to celebrate senior day for football, uh, I wasn't owed this, but it was definitely important to me. I definitely wanted it to be something that I could be, be proud of. It was something that would capture the moment. It was a big moment. Hopefully it's, it's not going to be my last, my Definitely going to give this thing the, the good old college try, if that's what you that's the way you want to put it. I do want to be in broadcasting for the rest of my life. That would be the, the main goal as it sits right now. It could change. I don't think it will, because this has been, ever since I knew that I wasn't good enough to go to the league and play professional sports, I wanted to be around professional sports and broadcast them. Um, so I just wanted... Since it was possibly the last time I got to broadcast in the Paul Wright gym, um, Coach Van He, the athletic director, Coach Wessling, gave me the green light. And uh, my comm advisor, Terry Schlesman wrote out the script for the recognition that they did at halftime. That was awesome. I, I really appreciated it. He um, Sometimes it's difficult with college professors to, to know how close you are with somebody. I've only had... I only have one class with him in my entire time that I've been here and that's the senior seminar class that I'm in now and we've worked together in the radio station I wasn't quite sure how close or or what he thought of me because I don't normally ask I just normally put my head down and feel like if I do my best work then everybody's going to be happy with what I do and he ended up really giving me one of the better send-offs that I think I could have asked for talked about my time with the football team, the fact that I've been a resident assistant for the past two years for Western, been involved, and this was my 50th broadcast for the station. So I've tried to do as much in my time in college as possible. Just wanted to leave a mark. You know, I didn't need to be the best. I don't think that I was the best student broadcaster. I just wanted to leave a legacy that people could have been proud of, and I think people were. Uh, I know a lot of the parents this year ended up coming up to the table and talking to us in the gym to Jacob and I who were doing the basketball games and um, they all said that we sounded really good you can hardly tell that it was a student-ran radio station and Terry who's the general manager of the radio station says that all the time the best compliment that they could get is wow I didn't realize that the students were the ones running your station I thought it was professionals and we've heard that a lot I know that a lot of the um, players Parents that couldn't make it out to Gunnison every week would tune in to the broadcast whenever they were in Gunnison and um, listen to us because they thought that we gave some of the better insights, some of the better broadcasting experiences. Almost, I, I try to make it so that if parents can't make it into town, um, they were still able to follow along like they were getting to watch their, their kids. And that was kind of my goal for this season. Wanted to make sure to maintain the Standard of broadcasting that we've built up over the past few years like I said this if we did win the CBA award that would be our third in a row for live sports broadcasting Christian won one before I was on the team and then him and I and Marissa won a CBA last year for uh, the men's upset over West Texas A&M that was a, a great that's a great memory that I'm gonna hold on to forever didn't get to go to the banquet last year because it was during spring ball and I was still able to play football back then so I I made the sacrifice of not going up to the awards banquet to practice spring ball and uh, now this would be the one time that I get to go accept the award that I worked hard and, and won with the great team that I had around me and I can't tell you how proud of a night that will be for me just knowing all the work that i put in being able to maintain the grades that i have work as a resident assistant be known in the community as somebody who who is a good person and um i i'm gonna owe everything i feel like in the the rest of my life that i accomplished to gunnison and the people that were around me supporting me that uh I, I want everybody to know that if you've been a- around me or helped me out through this entire journey, I love you and I appreciate all the support that you've given. It's, it doesn't go unnoticed. I might not say it all the time, but I love and appreciate everybody who's ever tried to support me or given me an opportunity, and I'm hoping that at some point I make them all as proud as I felt last night on the court even though it's not necessarily my favorite thing to be recognized like that. Um, I just appreciate everybody sticking by me, even through some of the times where it was really difficult. I mean, uh, I tell a lot of people this story, but my freshman and sophomore year, my first two semesters in college were a little bit iffy, Uh, didn't have the greatest grades, wasn't taking it as serious as I needed to. I'm glad my parents got on my ass and told me that I needed to take care of my shit or I'd be going back and living at home, going to Metro. And I knew I didn't want that. College, ne- not, college is not necessarily, unless you're going for like law school, medical school, or engineering, you don't necessarily need to learn everything you need to know moving forward in life from your classes. As long as you prove to yourself and prove to a future employer that you're able to finish something that not a lot of people finish. There's a reason why not everybody goes to college or not everybody finishes college is because it's hard. You have to deal with being on your own for the first time. You make your own schedule. Nobody cares if you show up or not. Everybody gets paid the same. Everybody has the same experience, whether you're there or not. And they got got on me. And I kind of turned myself around from there, and now I'm getting set to graduate in May with a double major in communications and sociology. And I'm ready to take this and, and put it in, all the energy that I've put into the last few years here at Western, I am ready to go back and, and put that in somewhere, somebody's company that will give me the chance at first. And I'm just excited to see where it's going to go. Obviously, there's a lot of other things that have changed in my life since I started college and started broadcasting. I have a girlfriend now who I love very much. Shout out to Lauren. Um, We've been together for 10 months, and it's going great. It's been tough at times, but I think everybody's relationship is tough at times. And I couldn't ask for a better future partner in crime to go forward with. I'm loving what Dom is doing over at Northern Colorado and what Roxy has done here in Western as an equipment manager. I didn't wasn't sure how I felt about her coming out to school with me at first, but I think whatever apprehensions we both had at first kind of went away, and we realized how much fun it is being around somebody and how much we love each other and all the stuff that we would do for each other. It doesn't stop just when we're at home or... It's just a different dynamic when you're on your own and you have to figure out what you're doing by yourself. So I, I've loved the time that I've had here. I love everything that's going on now. Eddie is killing it at, at Cherry Creek. Um, they won a state championship in football, and he was on the wrestling team. I got to coach him a little bit over winter break, and he actually used the move that I coached him to do for to get a couple pins. I think that he's well on his way to having a great future. Um, I don't know why this turned into the sentimental looking back podcast But I guess it's just because the Magnitude of everything that's changing now and it's getting close like Next monday is two months to the day before I graduate Which is scary and exciting and nerve-wracking But I think i'm ready To take that next step move on and get going with the rest of my life so once again, thank you to All my family who supported me through the broadcasting journey that I've had and the athletic department, the coaches, the players. Thank you for letting me be around and follow and and giving me great stuff to broadcast and letting me earn the experience that I need to be able to move forward with this. So that'll be the wrap up on, excuse me, the broadcasting stuff. Uh, I just needed to get that out. I feel like it was fresh on my mind being back in here And uh, just got done with Gunnison Sports Talk Radio a couple hours ago. And it was just a weird feeling knowing that this was, that's the only broadcasting that I'll have for the rest of this year. I mean, besides the podcast and uh, maybe a, a baseball game or two. But that's the last NCAA broadcast that I'll have until I find a new job somewhere next year. Moving on. Wanted to talk a little bit about some of the stuff going on in the sports world as I I haven't really been able to talk too much about it on the podcast in the last couple weeks because I've had guests on and um, just kind of been distracted. I've been saving it mostly for Gunnison Sports Talk Radio, but I'll bring this up now for the center of attention, the stable of stallions that listen to center of attention. The XFL is for real. I am loving what has been happening with the XFL so far. I think that it's been great better than I anticipated I wanted it to be good wasn't sure how I expected it to go I mean it's not going to be as good a football as I think that people were used to seeing and um, I think it's overblown expectations I think that the teams are well evenly matched there's not really one team besides maybe Houston and St. Louis that kind of stand out among the others, but everybody's been competitive so far. I mean, Tampa Bay started off the season 0-3. They get their first win against a team that two weeks ago was considered the best team in the league in the D.C. Defenders and have one of the MVP MVP front runners, not anymore, but Cardale Jones, the uh, quarterback from Ohio State, back when they won their last national championship, um, he, he was looking great at, like an MVP candidate. And then Tampa Bay went in and got their first win over them, in their in their season. Now they're one in four, and I don't know how they're going to do for the rest of the year. But that's a huge win, and um, I'm sure somebody's going to sneak up on Houston, able to take a win away from them. They had a good game against Dallas this past weekend. Um, unfortunately, I have the the worst luck of anybody when I picked the team that I want to root for. If uh, You weren't aware, I am a fan of the Los Angeles Wildcats for a couple reasons. One, they have a similar color scheme to the Bengals, and I guess probably the Jungle Cat has something to do with it. I never really thought it did, but obviously I'm a fan of the Bengals and the Wildcats, so there has to be something there, right? First week happens, they play Houston, who Houston, I think, is the best team in the league. And uh, P.J. Walker destroys them, tears them up. They end up losing by 20, 37-17. Winston Moss, the head coach and general manager of the Wildcats, decides, hey, I'm going to fire my defensive coordinator, which I think he's probably planning on doing the entire time. He was just there as a scapegoat in case they lost because Winston Moss was a former defensive assistant in the NFL with the Packers and stuff like that. I think he thought he was going to be a better defensive coach anyways. He took over defensive coordinator job. And then they go out to Dallas, and or they hosted Dallas the second week, and they lost that game 25-18. So it didn't look great. That was Josh Johnson, their quarterback's first time in the in the league. He didn't get to play week one, was still a little bit injured. So they, they start off 0-2. Then week three rolls around. They're playing D.C. at home in Los Angeles. D.C.'s first road game, and uh, – like I said, this was back when Cardell Jones was an MVP candidate for the league. It was between him and P.J. Walker, the quarterback for the Houston Roughnecks. And um, they, they went out and put a whooping on them, 39-9. That was the, I think that's the biggest margin of victory of any other game in the XFL. Starting to look like a team, Josh Johnson is slowly coming back into his form where he got a shot in the NFL. Then the, the next week goes by, this past weekend, and they lose to the Guardians 17-14. And that was one of the games where they were on ESPN. You can hear the coaches. They get the give the coaches hot mics on the sidelines. Um, I just don't quite understand why I have the worst luck in the world picking a team to follow. The coaching for whatever team I choose to, to um, root for always ends up being – the worst coach in the league and Winston Moss I am saying right now without a doubt and this is even over Mark Chessman who is the coach for the Tampa Bay Vipers who were winless until this past weekend Winston Moss has no idea what he's doing as a head coach and it's frustrating because he has a very good team around him he has Sean Oakman who was a NFL prospect before that scandal at Baylor came out and it turned out that that was false so he's getting his shot to play professional football now Josh Johnson has been a quarterback for multiple teams in the NFL started games in the NFL and I think him and Landry Jones are the only two quarterbacks in the XFL that have done that they have a fairly good I mean their market is great so they get really good players to come out and, and they want to live in Los Angeles and play for the Wildcats yet somehow the coach still finds a way to shoot himself in the foot. They ended up losing 17-14 to the Guardians, who had lost the previous two games. And the Guardians looked like absolute trash after the first week. I don't know how you lose to a team that's that bad when you have the talent that you should have just blown them off the field. If you watched any of that game, you saw the Wildcats were a much better team put together than the Guardians. There was no reason that the Guardians should have had any t- type of chance in that game. And now, looking forward, they're playing the Vipers. So it's a, a battle of the basement there coming up this weekend. Uh, the only other team that's as bad as the Wildcats and Vipers record are the Dragons from Seattle. If Coach McFadden is listening to this, uh, the Dragons suck. They're not that good. But that new quarterback looks like he, he'll be pretty good for them. The Dragons... Last weekend, lost to the Battle Hawks 23 16. But the the new quarterback, I can't think of his name, but they put in a new guy and he kind of reinvigorated the offense, got that game a little bit closer against Houston. Or not against Houston, against the St. Louis Battle Hawks. Battle Hawks are another interesting thing because I don't feel, I feel like people don't realize how loved the rams were when they were in st louis that was their thing st louis is a great sports town the 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 way they support the cardinals the um the uh blues who just recently won a stanley cup and are looking like they could repeat as stanley cup champions and the rams when they were there they were they were beloved especially after they came in and won the super bowl back in the 99 season i think that was the first or second season they were in st louis And then Stan Kroenke picked up and moved the Rams out to Los Angeles because Kroenke's an idiot. And I can say that because he owns the Nuggets, too. And I think that what he's doing with the Nuggets is tragic. For as good as the Nuggets are, they should be a lot better and have a lot more superstars. But Kroenke focuses mostly on the um, Rams out in Los Angeles. So they're fighting a losing battle there. But St. Louis, the Battlehawk fans... The, they didn't have a home game until week three. They were 2-1, and one, ended up losing to Houston in a really close game. Uh, got a really good quarterback in Steven Tiamu, And their defense is they have the most amount of NFL talent on their defense of anybody in the league. And they were playing really great. They go into St. Louis back in the, – they're calling it the Battle Dome now. It's the same dome that the Rams used to play in. They get the first XFL kickoff return for a touchdown. And then they just blow out the Guardians, who at that time were still kind of maybe going to be a a decent team to look out for in the Eastern Conference. And and they just kind of put themselves on the map. But there's a couple other teams that are playing in NFL stadiums, former NFL stadiums. Um, The Seattle Dragons play up in uh, CenturyLink Field, I think is what it's called, up in Seattle. The Tampa Bay Vipers play at Raymond James down in Tampa. And then St. Louis is the only other team that plays in a um, NFL stadium, and they filled out the entire lower bowl. St. Louis came out to support the Battle Hawks, and the more that they win, the better they look. They're just going to continue to get more and more support. My early – it's about – this coming weekend is week five, and there's ten weeks in the regular season. My early pick for the championship matchup – of the XFL is going to be Houston and St. Louis. I think those are the two best teams. They have the two best quarterbacks, and those coaches seem to be in tune with their players and know how to use their players to the best of their abilities. Um, and I'm not sure who would win out of that. Uh, P.J. Walker ended up coming back and, and beating St. Louis um, in in when they were playing in Houston. So there's always there, you know that little chance that a team can come back and win. Um, and I think beating if you've played sports before and you have to play the same team twice in a season, everybody knows how difficult that is. That's why it's so. That's why the divisional champions in the NFL get the um, get a better spot in the playoffs than just the wild card teams. Because if you win your division, you at least have to win three of your six divisional divisional games during the season, and those are teams that you play twice a year. So I think that. The, if the Houston and Seattle matchup does happen in the XFL championship, there's a high chance. I would, give the, uh, uh, I would give the edge right now as it sits to St. Louis because they have the ability to go back, change some stuff up, and they know exactly what they need to fix to beat Houston. Houston doesn't really know what they need to fix to beat St. Louis, in my opinion. Otherwhere in sports. Elsewhere in sports. Wow. I swear I'm a commun- communications major. I learned how to speak for a living otherwhere. That, that makes no sense. Um, UFC has a pretty big event coming up this weekend. Israel Adesanya. I learned how to say that from Rev. Um, I might have Rev on the podcast next week, actually, to talk about this past UFC card. He was talking to me today after we got off Gunnison Sports Talk Radio about how good this card seemed to be stacked up against just from top to bottom compared to some of the other cards that have been happening this past year so far. And Joel Romero and Israel Adesanya is a great title fight for the 185-pound division. I can probably guess who the UFC wants to win, and that would be Israel Adesanya because there's that animosity between him and John Jones. And everybody wants Adesanya to move up and challenge Jones or Jones to move up to heavyweight because everybody's bored of seeing him at light heavyweight beating up everybody but that's a pretty big event coming up in in the world of sports March is a very good sports month I didn't realize how great it was but you have um, basketball starting to get really good closing in on the playoffs NCAA basketball March Madness obviously takes up about three weeks of everybody's life people have vacation days dedicated to to those games for the March Madness tournament March Madness which I fill out 10 brackets a year for, all the way through the championship side, and then I go back through the consolation side and pick my 1 through 8 for each weight class. There's 10 weight classes in NCAA Division I wrestling. That'll happen later this month. I'm not a huge golf fan, but I know everybody really loves to watch the Masters. That's also in March, so there's a ton of stuff coming up. If you're a sports fan, there's not a better time than March to be a fan. I guess I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the Deontay Wilder-Tyson Fury fight just because it did happen recently. Um, and It was pretty shocking for me. I didn't think that Tyson Fury was going to be able to beat Deontay Wilder. I thought Wilder, or he, he might have been able to beat him if it was a decision, but I didn't think he was going to finish Deontay Wilder, and he ended up knocking him out in the seventh round, TKO. And uh, I guess I didn't pay enough attention when I was watching the first fight. Because if you watch the first fight in the last round, the twelfth round, after Fury gets knocked down with probably the hardest punch I've ever seen another human being get hit with in real life, uh, he got up and he perfect, perfected the game plan to try and beat Deontay Wilder. Starts chasing him down a little bit, and uh, being a six foot nine, two hundred seventy-five pound man, it's easy to get on somebody else's nerves and close the distance so that Wilder can't get to the end of those long punches. And um, that's exactly what happened. Fury ended up coming down and winning against a guy everybody thought was going to beat him up. So that was, that was a big, big event that happened. And now Tyson Fury, who was the lineal heavyweight WBC champion because he never lost his belt. He had to vacate it due to some personal issues. Now he's back being the WBC world heavyweight champion. And if Anthony Joshua can get past his fight coming up, we're going to have the biggest heavyweight title fight in our lifetime, since probably Tyson, back in the eighties, early eighties or late eighties and early nineties, this will be the biggest heavyweight title boxing fight um, in the world, and it's two British guys. And boxing is so much bigger in Britain than it is in America. I I was definitely biased towards Deontay Wilder because of the American connection. I wanted the American to be the heavyweight champion. It's been a long time since we had an American heavyweight boxing champion. I thought he was great for the sport, the way he knocks people out. It, it was similar to Tyson in the fact that he always finished everybody, but he did it in such a different way because, obviously, he has the different height. than, And he wasn't always the shorter, stockier fighter. He was always the lighter fighter for most of his fights. I think he, he came into this last Tyson Fury fight at, like, 225 or something like that. But he was averaging around 208 to 215. And... Um, it's, it's disappointing as an American boxing fan to lose your American heavyweight champion, but if you wanted to talk about the biggest fight that could have been made, it would be Tyson Fury, who's undefeated, only has that one draw to Deontay Wilder from the first fight, going up against Anthony Joshua, who didn't look great against Andrew Ruiz in the second fight. He did end up winning, but it wasn't the way that he normally does. He basically just outboxed him for most of it, and he didn't have to worry about Ruiz chasing him down because he came in 20 pounds heavier than he was in the first fight. Uh, it's, uh, that, that's going to be the biggest fight in boxing history for a long time. and It's going to be in Webley Stadium. They're going to sell over 100,000 tickets live. I don't know how, much, how many pay-per-views are going to be bought, but it's going to be a big event. Eddie Hearn is going to, even though he's a sturdy, slimy greaseball promoter, probably as bad as we've seen since Don King. He's going to get a big, big payday out of this, and he's going to get those two guys paid, and that's the ba- main thing about combat sports. No matter who you root for, as long as the guys get paid, because there's no longevity in combat sports. The movie doesn't end the way Rocky does. I mean, even in, in, in Rocky, he gets brain damage. A lot of these guys get brain damage, and they're, they're never the same. So, it'll be good for the two fighters. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully Joshua comes in to his next fight. I think he's fighting Pulev next, who's pretty dangerous. Uh, Obviously Russians are very tough to knock out and and to beat. So hopefully he comes in focused for his next fight, and that'll lead into the Tyson Fury fight, which would be huge for the sport of boxing. Switching gears now a little bit. This is not just a sports-centered podcast, but I did want to talk about some of these sports that I haven't been able to mention on the show, switching over now to the new fad of the day, that would be TikTok. TikTok. I am I'm not gonna lie; I'm a huge consumer of TikToks. My siblings and I all have an account and get and watch videos fairly regularly, and uh, it's a little bit interesting listening to some of the talk surrounding it. I've been listening to Logan Paul, so you can take that for what it's worth. But he was the first, and I think he's the most successful uh, Vine star, which was was just similar to TikTok, that was able to transition to YouTube. And now he's a multi-multi-millionaire and makes tons of money on everything that he does. I was listening to him talk about TikTok, and the interesting thing about it, and there are some exceptions to this rule, but most of the time it's not necessarily talented people doing talented things that warrant the amount of views and the amount of money that they are making. Anybody can lip-sync. Some people are better at it than others, but anybody can at least pretend to lip-sync if you want proof of that. And this is going to be a, a little bit of a shot. Uh, you can go search Dom Pilato 63, on TikTok, and you can watch the videos that he's made. And... Um, He's good at it. I think that he does a good job with it, but he's definitely not as talented as some of the other people who are making millions and millions of dollars lip-syncing to somebody else's sound. This is... Uh, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. They are only predicting TikTok to be as popular as it is for the next couple years, and then those people who are now famous from it will have to transition and see if they can transition into something a little bit more talent-based, but they're not going to be paid millions of dollars and being sent out to the nba all-star game for you know for free after tiktok explodes the bubble's gonna pop and uh it's gonna be interesting to see what those guys can do to try and keep some of that income some of that fame going a lot of them are transitioning into vlogs which are are huge as well now especially on youtube and um that seems to be the most logical way to do it, but not everybody can can transition into that. And I'm seeing that struggle right now firsthand. Obviously it's it's bad for me. I should have started this podcast a few years ago before they really got as big and popular as they are. Because right now everybody's everybody seems to have a podcast about everything. Like there's no niche there there and niche is a, a weird word. Weird try, like People go for a niche market, but if you go too much for a niche market, then you're excluding part of your audience that you could have. Um, but there's no way to like stand out with a podcast anymore. The, the best way to do it is to just keep doing it consistently. But it seems like a bad idea, like a bad climate to get into right now because everybody has a podcast and it's hard to stand out. I feel like I've done successful a successful podcast so far for what i started it with which i didn't start it with any fame or money or anything like that it was basically just my friends and family that listened to the first few episodes i think it's starting to grow into a little bit more of just it's not it's still micro it's still on the micro level don't don't get me wrong but it is starting to grow a little bit more and i think once we pass 500 listens as a podcast that's when it starts to be a little bit real we just did 3 months like i said in last last episode's intro it's the I've been doing this for over three months now and it's one of my favorite things to do I, I love getting to talk to people I love interviewing people I love learning from new people and I feel like that's what it, this is what this is for it's why I took such an interest in sociology it's why I continue to be as big of a fan of sociology as I am that you can take somebody all you have to do is listen and ask the right questions and you could take somebody who would not have given you anything. You can learn so much just in that little bit amount of time. So that's why I, I'm glad that I'm doing this and I'm continuing to, to grow and getting different people on um, and, and kind of showing, like, like I said, I wanna show all the sides of my personality. I'm a big, obviously huge sports fan, but I'm a big nerd about music, movies, and TV books, superheroes, and I just want to let everybody, like, I have so many interests and I follow so many different podcasts that I want to give that perspective to other people who are like me that are over here in this corner, but then they also love things up here that are not related at all, like, they watch the Super Bowl every single year, but they also love to go to the theater and watch live theater and musicals and all that kind of stuff. Then they'll watch Glee in their free time. Yes, I'm speaking from experience. And then they'll go back and they'll wrestle or, or go to wrestling practice and practice that for however long. It's just there's millions of different types of people in this world, and I just want to – I'm making this for that. And, and it's not – I'm not in a specific market. I am just trying to make something that people really enjoy. So yes, I do know, I realize that it's probably not the best time to start a podcast, especially when I did start it, and I'm just going to continue to work through it, and uh, we'll see what happens, but I'm optimistic, and I think people are going to start picking it up a little bit more, um, and and we'll see what happens. A couple other things that I wanted to get to on this solo episode, which might be a, a little bit shorter than they normally are, but... That's just how it goes sometimes. Put out two hours of content last week. I don't have that much to talk about anymore. But if you are in Gunnison, if you're listening to this in Gunnison, if you're listening on Thursday, you still have time to go see the play being put on by the Western Theater Company. Kyle and I went last Thursday to the opening night performance, and uh, we went because Dana, who is one of the stars of the play, is also on my staff as a resident assistant she's the sra for this complex and uh she's just an amazing person so we always wanted to go and and support her and kyle and i are big theater dorks even though we spend a lot of our time in the weight room as well and uh it was a midsummer's night dream but they also incorporated trapeze into it the same trapeze class that i am taking they've incorporated that into the show and I wasn't sure how it was going to work at first, but the show was amazing. Like, Steve Hughes, wow. Like, shout out to him. He's a great, great director. I couldn't, don't think anybody else that I know of that's been a theater director here could have pulled off a show like that. And the actress, actors and actresses are all amazing because how do you rem- memorize Shakespeare's lines while flipping through the air on a trapeze or swinging? And you have to maintain your breath control. I know how hard that is just speaking in front of a microphone. I'm not swinging on a trapeze while I'm doing this. And I obviously I still have some breath control things that I have to work out on. But if you're listening to this Thursday, you have two more chances to see this play. Friday and Saturday at 7.30 p.m. It's $5 for students. If you're just in Gunnison, it's, I think, $8. Um, and, and kids under 12 are either $5 or they get in free. Definitely, if you have the opportunity, go check out *Midsummer's Night Dream* here in Gunnison. Uh, it's gonna be it's it's a great, you know, weekend thing to do. It's about two hours, so it's not super long. You can go watch that, go out with your friends afterwards, and then head back home. It doesn't have to be a, a whole big thing. It's not like they're doing *Hamlet*, which is I think the longest running runtime of any play that has ever been put on. But yeah, go, go support the Western Theater Company. Um, really enjoy Steve Hughes as a professor, and I think he's doing great things for the Western Theater program as a whole. Um, and I, I hope that they continue to grow and, and continue to put on the same caliber of shows that they always do. So far, everything that I've seen since he's took, taken over as a theater director, and that's... Um, I went to... it wasn't I went to Scapino last year, but he wasn't the director. But... This year, he helped with Rocky Horror Picture Show, which if you're a theater fan, you, you are familiar with that. And the, I feel like the cast here at Western pulled that off as good as they could have being college students and not professional actors. And then this past show with A Midsummer's Night Dream. Couldn't recommend it highly enough. I loved it. Kyle loved it. Um, so it, I, I just go out there and support them if you can. Now I guess we'll get into some of the newer segments that I decided to add to today's episode. Trying to fill some time and uh, continue to make some content that people will watch. I'm going to do a couple of verses. And this is where if you don't follow the Twitter page for Center of Attention or my personal Twitter this is the chance for you to go do that now or follow me on Instagram because I want to know your guys' feedback. I'm going to start doing this versus segment, and I'm going to do two of them today so that I can kind of show you exactly what it what it is and what's going on. But we'll start with the movie versus. Remember the Titans versus Friday Night Lights. And I picked these two because they're fairly similar, came out around the same time, follow high school football teams. Um... Much different tones, though, and, and much different settings for for both of them. Uh, Friday Night Lights follows the Permian Panthers in the '80s, and the Remember the, Remember the Titans follows um, T.C. Williams way back in the '60s before segregation was a, a unanimous thing across the country, or excuse me, integration was the unanimous thing across the country. Great movies, everybody loves them. Have great actors in it. Um, And now we're going to, I'm going to give my, I'll give my argument for both movies in this fight. And then I'll put out a poll on the Twitter page tomorrow. And it'll be up for about, I'll put it up for through the weekend. And you guys can vote on who you think, which movie you think should win. I'll start with Remember the Titans, since that was the one that I saw first. Can't go wrong with Remember the Titans at all. Sunshine, Ronnie Bass, Rev the quarterback, and Louis Lastick, the big offensive lineman who Rev tutors into college. I I think that this the team as a whole stacks up against anybody, especially even though the, it's back in the sixties and it's a different style of football. I do think that they would hold up. Um, X factors for remember the Titans, Coach Yost, his uh, leave no doubt speech. One of, I think, the best sports speeches in cinema ever. And Coach Herman Boone, Denzel Washington can never go wrong with Denzel Washington. Those are the two X-Factors for Remember the Titans. Um, And I think those two would be what carries the, the, the movie against Friday Night Lights. Now, Friday Night Lights is totally different. A totally different kind of football movie. It's obviously... Geared more towards an older audience. It's not Disney. They're a little bit more rough, violent. There's a lot of teenage debauchery that goes on. And remember the Titans. And you got Billy Bob Thornton as coach. Um, can't think of his. Can't think of his name. Can't think of the coach's name. But Billy Bob Thornton is the coach for Remember the Titans. And. Uh, they have Mike Winchell, quarterback, who's silent but strong leader, and he carries his team all the way through, almost, spoiler alert, almost winning the state championship at the end against the rough and tough Dallas Carter Cowboys. Don Billingsley, fullback, tough guy, playing to try and make his dad proud but also hates that his dad was a star at the high school before he got there and he's feels like he's always living in a shadow. You have Brian Chavez, who's the safety that literally takes people's heads off. And, uh, of course, Chris Comer and Booby Miles, the two running backs. So we'll start off just going position by position. If these two teams were going to play, and this doesn't have to affect which movie you think would beat the other, these two teams going head-to-head, Ivory Christian for Permian and Friday Night Lights, defensive end, going up against... Not that great of an offensive line for T.C. Williams, if I'm going to be honest. Louis Lasik's the only one that I think holds holds up at all against them. Then, uh, obviously, for Remember the Titans, Ronnie Bass is going to be difficult to contain, and uh, Permian's defense is going to have a hand, handful of problems with him. Runs the option really well, can throw the ball a mile, but he can't pitch three yards. That's a, a quote from that movie, if you're not familiar. I'm going to go... In my opinion, I think Permian beats T.C. Williams. I think that Friday Night Lights is a better movie than Remember the Titans. If you're going to compare them directly, I think Friday Night Lights is better. I'm going to put that poll out on the Center of Attention Twitter page tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. Vote. Let me know why you feel like Permian would beat... T.C. Williams or why T.C. Williams you think would be Permian. I want to hear you guys. I'll interact with you. Go back and forth and we can have a debate about things and um, I feel like that that could be fun. Also, going to have a, a animal fight night, which is also versus just different animals that I, I decided to pick out for this week. Let's see what time we're at here. About 58 minutes have gone so far. We still have to get to the random news story as well. So I'll do the animal fight night too, and then you guys can also tweet at Jimmy Pilato or at COA Pod seventy three as to which style of verses you like more. But the verses match up for the animal fight night this week, lion versus a gorilla. Now this is interesting because I've never thought about a lion fighting a gorilla. I'd always heard the lion or gorilla versus grizzly bear, who wins, and I think that is a more contemporary example i think that that's going to be the example most people think of but if you think about the lion versus the gorilla and you think about which animal holds the advantage in in different ways now the lion has speed and he has a little bit i think more deadly of a weapon going up in the fight against a gorilla gorilla only has his strength and power and durability now, those are three really important things, but I think the lion, the way that they hunt and their prowess in fights, I do think that, I'm not going to say that the lion beats the gorilla, but I think it's a, a lot closer of a fight than a lot of people will think. I'm going to put this out on the Twitter page as well. You guys can vote on who you think would win in that fight against the lion and a gorilla. I'm picking the gorilla because I think it's durable enough to take the lion's claws and the lion's teeth, and he's strong enough that as soon as he gets his hands on the lion, the gorilla is going to absolutely destroy the lion. So for the animal versus uh, lion versus gor- a gorilla, vote in the poll that I put out on Twitter. Let me know who you think is going to win and why. Tweet at Jimmy Pilato and at Pod for that. And now we're going to move on to the random news story. Haven't done one of these since the last solo podcast, and I thought it went fairly well. It's something that I would enjoy listening to, so that's partially why I decided to do this. Now, let's see. We'll go from Sky.com. Sky News is the source for this week's random news stories. If it'll open up the link. Hmm. Don't know what's going on here. There's a lot of construction going around on the campus. And um, they're trying to finish the Paul Rady building, the engineering school that's going to be here at Western. And they had to shut off the power to my com, to my building. So I'm not wondering if that's affecting the Wi-Fi for my computer. Let's see if I can pull it up on a different tab. Okay, random news. Back to sky.com. as it's loading it's loading it's loading and we're in all right now now to find the random news story of the week hmm fuck it we'll do it live sorry about the delay not quite sure what the hell is going on here. Okay. Let's just go back. We'll go to UPI. Odd fu- odd news, funny news, and strange news. Let's see if we can find something on there. Hmm. Oh, here's... I think this one will be interesting for people. Company offers a $1,000 to watch 15 hours of The Office satellite tv website is offering one thousand dollars to a comedy fan willing to complete an unusual dream job watching and analyzing 15 hours of the office so this is a usdish.com a dish network retailer announced it is celebrating the 15th anniversary of the NBC sitcom by choosing one applicant to watch 15 hours of The Office, about 45 episodes and take detailed notes. As you are watching you will need to complete a checklist that tallies the number of common tropes that occur throughout each episode. The posting says, for instance how many times does Stanley roll his eyes at the camera? How often does Phyllis talk about Bob Vance from Vance Refrigeration? The goal is to help us understand how often sitcoms repeat popular tropes. Will provide you with general guidelines to track your experience, but in true Kelly Kapoor fashion, we also want you to share your unfiltered opinions and reactions on social media. Company is accepting, accepting applications and optional video submissions on its website through March 16th. Wow. Well, if I, I got to make sure that my cousins and my siblings see this because we're all huge fans of The Office. Uh, I'm not gonna be. Applying because I have way too much stuff going on that I. It's not necessarily worth a thousand dollars for me to watch forty-five episodes of The Office, when I've already seen. I actually haven't finished the the entire series, and this is probably gonna alienate me from some of, some of the people out there listening. But uh, after Michael left, I just kind of gave up on on the show a little bit, because it wasn't as. I didn't think it was as funny without Michael. Um, Steve Carell really nailed that character to me. I thought that there was nobody else that should have been running the office. And I think that they could have ended it after that episode, after that season where Michael leaves and goes with Holly down to Colorado. That could have been the end of the series. I've been told by many people that i got to get through the the season after Michael leaves because Robert California then isn't as big of a character in it and he's kind of the reason why i didn't want to finish watching but um yeah if if you're out there you're a huge fan of the office go apply to usdish.com go apply to be paid to watch the office you have to take notes so you'll have to be able to annotate. And I know a lot of people don't know how to annotate. Um, But you'll get to watch your favorite comedy sitcom if you are that big of an Office fan and get paid to do it. Um, And the applications will be ending March 16th is what this article says, which will be next Monday. No, not next Monday. So not next Monday, but the following Monday. So March 16th, the week that we start spring break so i don't know maybe i will apply for that it's 15 15 seasons no it can't be 15 seasons hold on this is where i wish i had a producer that worked for me see 15th anniversary and you watch 15 hours of the office who knows maybe i'll get bored during spring break actually i won't be getting bored during spring break another update quick update about my life uh, we lauren and i will be spending three days together up in her apartment in fort collins we're going to do a couple fun things out there uh, not going to be able to celebrate th- saint patrick's day i did give up alcohol for lent not because i had a problem or anything it was just the easiest thing that i thought of first to Uh, to give up. So that's what I've been doing for Lent. But I will be out there for spring break. And uh, now this feeds right into the next thing that I put down on here. Um, Updates about future episodes. So Dan and Kyle really enjoyed being on the podcast. I know some people liked that episode. Some people didn't like that episode. But whether or not you liked it, I'm going to continue to put out stuff that I want to do. And we're going to do a... Got to figure out what I'm going to call it. I think I'm calling it Knights of the Barbell at this moment, a playoff of the Knights of the Round Table, because Dan, Kyle, and I are all big meatheads and love to work out. But each time that they're going to be on, they're going to be on about once a month until I guess we're not in the same place anymore. So for the next couple months, we'll have Dan and Kyle and I, and it won't be as bad as it was last episode, but we're going to start doing an episode with just the guys and I Lauren and I will be recording a podcast uh, over spring break while we're down there in Fort Collins. And probably going to try and get Dom on again one more time. Then I'm thinking, you guys have all heard the episodes with Nico. And um, I think Nico's done awesome every time that he's come on the show. His dad is probably one of the more interesting men that I know. Um, was on the Olympic Judo team, or Jiu-Jitsu team, something like that, for the U.S., and um, he is also Birdman, Chris Birdman Anderson's former basketball agent. He's an attorney. Um, he's one of the funniest guys that I think I know. I'm going to see if he'll want to come on the show, talk a little bit about the NBA and, and that kind of thing. I'll talk to him more on the, not necessarily on the playing side, but I think more along the lines of what he sees as the business model moving forward and if there's going to be some sort of salary cap that ends up being in place for the NBA. Hopefully, um, I'll be able to get him on a episode and uh, I'll definitely blast that out on all social media if that does end up happening. But I think that is going to do it for this week's episode of Center of Attention. This has been the 13th episode in a row not gonna count the bonus episode in that order, so this is thirteen. Um, thank you guys for listening. Make sure that you follow all my social medias. Follow Center of Attention on Twitter, and then like and subscribe the show if you're on Apple Podcasts. Go and go ahead and give us a five star rating and a review, because that will help move us up the ladder on the charts, and we'll get more people involved. And, and you know. If you guys enjoy listening every week and you don't have anybody to talk about each episode with, just got to start sharing it out to other people so that they can all get on board as well. Because everybody's welcome. I'm not discriminating against anybody. Anybody can be a fan of mine as long as they enjoy what I'm doing. I get to keep enjoying doing what I'm doing. And um, that'll be the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you guys back again. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Thursdays at 9 a.m. for Center of Attention. Thank you for listening. Hate
1: me, hate me, still trying to replace me. Chase me, chase me, tell me how you hate me. Erase me, erase me, wish you never dated me. Lies, tell me lies, baby, tell me how you hate me. Hate me, hate me, tell me how you hate me. Tell me how I'm trash and you can easily replace me. Tell me that I'm strung out, wasted on a daily. Probably cause there's no one around me, not me, not my pain. Probably cause... Show me from Mars all- me. Hopefully you see it clear, hopefully it's HD. Bet you wonder why the last few months I've been spacey. In your head I sing. And tell me how you hate me, hate me. Still trying to replace me. Chase me, chase me. Tell me how you hate me. Erase me, erase me. Wish you never dated me. Lies, tell me lies, baby. Tell me how you hate me. Hate me, hate me. Still trying to We switch lines, you're gonna have to claim your place okay. So baby, this time you're gonna have to seal your fate okay. Yeah, baby, this time you're gonna have to seal your fate And tell, tell me how you hate me, hate, hate me Still tryna replace you're me, chase, chase me, chase, chase me. me Tell me how you hate Erase me, embrace me, race me. me Wish you never dated me Lies, nice. tell me lies, baby, tell me